You are watching UBN. You Black Niggers Network, Channel 94, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am your boy, 12 Kyle. Check this out. <laughs> On this episode, oh man, we, we, I, I got a treat for you. Um, this is going to be fun because uh, as many of you know, uh, or you've been hiding under a rock. Uh, hip hop actually turns 50, actually has turned 50 uh, this month. And I said what I wanted to do was, um, in honor of hip hop, make it hip hop week or in this hip hop month, uh, review some albums that I had not reviewed before. And um, each album that I've reviewed so far uh, kind of gives you a glimpse as to a specific time in my hip hop journey. Um, if you've been following the podcast, you know, I talked about, uh, <laughs> the Beastie Boys, which was a group that I didn't know <laughs> was white. Um, and then subsequently, uh, Two Life Crew is as as they want to be. Uh, the Beastie Boys album, their uh, debut album, A uh, License to Ill, um, is nasty as they want to be by the Two Life Crew, which came to me at a pivotal time. Um, and then, uh, the DLC's debut album, No One Can Do It Better. Now, all of those were albums that came out kind of like in my infancy with rap and hip hop, if you will. Um, but this album that I'm going to review on this particular episode, I was already a vet in hip hop, if you will. Um, but this is one of my favorite albums, period. This is one of my favorite hip hop groups, period. Um, we're taking it back to review my guys, Little Brother, and their uh, sophomore album, The Minstrel Show. This album was released September 13, 2005. Now, this album, again, means a lot to me. It's very special, and I'm going to touch on it as to why. Um, but where I was really with hip-hop, and how this album kind of molded or changed things, if you will, for me, uh, I can definitely explain to you. Um, I'll be honest, having grown up through the 80s, 
grown with hip-hop through the golden era of hip-hop in the late 80s, early 90s, mid-90s. That's That stretch from like 1985 to maybe 1998, 99, that was a great, that was a great time for me as far as hip-hop was concerned. Um, as a fan, I grew with the music. Um, we lost some along the way, uh, you know, as far as artists like pop and big. Um, but by the time the 2000s rolled around, honestly, as a fan, I started looking around and I didn't really like what I saw. Um, hip hop, it kind of changed a little bit. Uh, in fact, it kind of changed a lot and it wasn't as dope as I remembered it the being. And, um, quite honestly, I was about done with hip hop. I'm gonna keep it real. And I stumbled upon this particular group. And when I tell you this group and this album gave me a shot in the arm as far as rejuvenating how I felt about hip hop, it was the minstrel show and it was little brother. Um, my friends <laughs> back then used to say that I was a, uh, a backpack rapper fan. Um, and that was partially true. <laughs> but the thing that, about, that that really stood out to me about Little Brother, in particular this album, was one, first and foremost, these guys could spit. Uh, Little Brother at the time was uh, the rapper Big Pooh, Fonte, and Ninth Wonder. Um, and they had had a previous album called The Listening. And I did an album review on the listening uh, earlier this year. Um, but I didn't hear the listening at the time that I found Little Brother. So this is my introduction to them. Um, and I went back and listened to the listening. But um, like I said, September 13, 2005. By this time, <clears throat> like I said, I'm a veteran hip hop fan. Uh, I'm married. <laughs> uh, by that time, 2005, we had two kids. We had, our, we had Dion, our oldest son, and then we had Dion in 1999, and we had Cameron in 2002. Um, so, you know, married guy with two sons. Um, yeah, you know, I was settling down. I, I had settled down. We bought a house. You know, I wasn't hanging in the clubs and all this stuff like that in Atlanta. We were living in Atlanta like we still do now. But, um, you know, I was settling into being grown, <laughs> if you will. And uh, nonetheless, I found this album and i found these these this particular group and there aren't too many albums or artists that i can say like as soon as i heard them like i knew that i was gonna be hooked on their music but this was one of them um the thing that really stood out to me initially was they were rapping just like too, well, because Fonte and rapper Big Pooh were the rappers. Ninth one was he handled. He solely handled the production. Um, they were rapping like dudes who needed a record deal, and they already had a record deal. But they rapped what their subject matter was rapping about. It was stuff that I could relate to. They were funny. They were thought provoking. They were um, very sure of themselves. Um, they had been to college, uh, so in a lot of ways, like they they kind of mirrored where i was in life or where I, where i had been in life and most of their content was totally relatable 
people, you know, they weren't going to be talking about <laughs> people they shot or how many drugs they sold. Um, they really developed their craft and they really, really put a lot of work into what it was that they were doing and who they were as artists. Um, and like I said, I found this album and it just took off from there. Um, and again, I just, I mean, I really just fell in love with the album the first couple of times I heard it. Um, so let's get into it, man. Uh, the Minstrel Show, as I mentioned, September 13th, 2005, total runtime, 53 minutes and 31 seconds. Um, I didn't really know much about them. Uh, I came to later find out that um, all three members met while they were at college at uh, North Carolina Central Central University in um, uh, Durham, North Carolina. Um, and so that's an HBCU. <laughs> Shout out to HBCUs. And, uh, you know, so that right there was impressive to me in and of itself because, as many of you know, I'm a proud alum of an HBCU, uh, South Carolina State University. Um, and then these guys were dedicated to the music. And they, again, they just really sounded like some hungry ass rap dudes. <laughs> and when I saw the album, you know, a lot of things kind of ran through my mind. First, because I remember I, I bought this, I, I heard a song and then I went and bought the CD. Um, and I bought the CD off the strength of the song. The song was called Loving It. And I'll get into that in just a second. But um, yeah, the, the CD, the album cover of the CD, really because you see the faces of each member of the group. And first and foremost, the, the album is titled The Minstrel Show. Now, if you're familiar with history, you know what a minstrel show is. If you don't, look it up. Uh, and then you had that with the backdrop of the album cover of their faces um, almost being in blackface uh, on this album cover. And so that right there really had me intrigued. Like I'm like, whoa, these dudes are like, they are sending a message already just on the album cover and the name of the album. <clears throat> and so that right there had me hooked from the beginning. Um, but once I got into the album, I was like blown away, like because I hadn't heard anything like this. I mean, like they literally, like I mentioned earlier, they gave me a shot in the arm. Um they kind of reminded me of Public Enemy a little bit. They reminded me a little bit of Outcast. Reminded me a little bit of Tribe. They reminded me a little bit of Daylight. They, you could tell that they had pulled their energies and their inspirations from different places. And I think that, you know, I could tell just by, and, you know, again, we didn't have the internet like that. In two, I mean, we had the internet, but the internet really wasn't popping like that in 2005. But um, you could tell where their influences came from musically. And so I was, you know, I was impressed. And uh, the more and more I listened to this album, the more and more I got hooked. Um, they, again, very intelligent, very matter-of-factly, but then they were from the South. And for me, that meant a lot because, you know, we didn't really have a lot of spitters like that from the South. And more specifically, they were from North Carolina. And as many as many of you know, I'm from South Carolina. And we didn't really, <laughs> there were no MCs coming out of South Carolina. And there were only a handful coming out of North Carolina. By that time, 
I want to say Petey Pablo had come out. Um, and that was about it from North Carolina, from the state of North Carolina. Not to say that there weren't other MCs, but there hadn't been any that should make it on the national level. Um, so the album drops, and I'm like I said, I'm I'm hooked. Uh, now the album was not without controversy. Uh, first and foremost, um, I mentioned to you the theme that there's a there's a couple of themes. First, when you first listen to the album. Um, um, there's a running skit of a concept of a fictional TV network called UBN. <laughs> and UBN stands for Black Niggas Network. <laughs> um, and it's it's more of a satire. It talks, they, they kind of touch on, and they have skits to kind of poke fun at, you know, at us as far as Black culture. Um, it's not too much overt, but it makes you kind of think, and it really, if you're, if, if you have a, um, if you have a sense of humor, <laughs> if you have a dry sense of humor like me, you would find that funny. Um, so that, that right there made it funny to me or, or very intriguing, uh, especially as I started listening to it and getting into the skits and everything. And I'll touch on that in just a second. Um, but this album, for as dope as it is. Um, this album didn't sell. I think to date, this album may have sold a hundred, maybe two hundred thousand copies. I know it's not gold. It never went gold. Um, again, there was controversy surrounding it. Um, Little Brother, the members of Little Brother Fonte and Big Pooh, they have <clears throat> explained how they didn't really have a connection with their record label, which was uh, Atlantic. And back then, you needed an A&R, uh, someone to help push your album. Um, they didn't have a, any type of relationship with their A&R. And they released a single for loving it. And then that was it. And there was no push. There was no um, backing, if you will. There was no, um, there was nothing to drive the, the album. And of course, you're on Atlantic Records. That's not necessarily a powerhouse at that particular time for hip hop. I mean, they had hip hop acts, but you know, little brother wasn't high on the totem pole and it wasn't like they were on Def Jam or Death Row or Bad Boy or something like that. Um, nonetheless, so this album doesn't sell a lot of records and it's solely because, you know, they just didn't get the backing from their label. It had nothing to do with their level of talent because if... <laughs> If you want to measure it by talent, then this album should have been platinum. Um, but again, I'm biased because I absolutely love this album. This is one of my favorite albums. This album never falls out of my rotation. Um, so let's get into the tracks again. The Minstrel Show. Uh, first and foremost, the rapper Big Pooh and Fonte, two incredible MCs. Um, again, this is my first time hearing them. Uh, and if you go back from, cause I had to go back to the listening, which was their first album. If you go back to the listening and then you go from the listening to the minstrel show, you can see the growth in their lyrics and their, um, presence on the microphone, both rapper, big Pooh and Fonte. And then obviously, obviously Fonte is a vocalist as well. He can sing, the boy can sing his face off. Um, and so 
you have all of that playing in as well as incredible production from Ninth Wonder. Um, Ninth Wonder is one of the best beat makers of his nation. Um, I'd probably put him in my top 10 beat makers of all time. He's just that dope. Um, so you have all of that in the backdrop. You don't have to push from Atlantic Records, but you do have a situation where you got a dope album and it's on the streets. Uh, so let's get into the tracks. The album starts off with <laughs> the aforementioned skit about UBN. And it's called the first track is called Welcome to the Minstrel Show. Um, really, really uh, interesting hook. Uh, love that joint. And uh, it sets up the album from the skit. Um, then we get into track two, Beautiful Morning. Um, love this beat from Ninth Wonder. Pooh and Fonte deliver as usual throughout this, the entire album. Then we get to track three, uh, The Becoming. And this is just on Fonte. Then get to track four. Track four is uh, <laughs> produced by Ninth Wonder as well. Ninth Wonder did all the production with the except of a couple of tracks. Um, but we get introduced to a uh, crew member, uh, Darian Brockington on vocals in the background. Uh, <laughs> D Brock, as we call him, uh, D Brock crushes it on the background vocals. Um, and then we get to the comical skit, uh, cheating, which was produced by Piano Reeves. Um, here we get introduced to a character that Fonte created by the name of Percy Miracles. Uh, <laughs> in the song, he is be bemoaning the fact that his old lady cheated on him. And that song, uh, that skit, excuse me, and the skit slash song is comical. Um, then we get to track six. Uh, track six is called Hiding Place, again, produced by Ninth Wonder. That's got the rapper Big Pooh, Fonte, Elzai from Slum Village, as well as uh, Joe Scudder who's a member of their crew as well. Um, another banger, another banger. Then we get to track seven, Slow Down, which was actually the second single that was released. Uh, that features Fonte and the rapper Big Poo, and once again, uh, Darian Brockington on the vocals. Um, then track eight, Say It Again. Um, <laughs> I love this joint. Uh, this features the rapper Big Poo, Fonte, and their crew member, Sean Don. Uh, then we get to track nine. It's a skit called Fifth and Fashion, which sounds like a commercial that you probably hear on the radio. Uh, very funny, produced by uh, Nicolay, who is one half of the Foreign Exchange. Fonte Coleman is the other half. Um, then we get to track 10. Uh, my favorite track on the album, Loving It, um, which is Fonte, rapper Big Pooh, and Joe Scudder. Um, that joint bangs, man. It's, 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 uh, that was my introduction to little brother, that song. And that song got me hooked. Um, the next track, track 11 diary of a mad black daddy. Uh, <laughs> that thing is fun. It's still funny to this day. And it sounds just like our black dad would sound in the house. Um, then we get to track 11, excuse me, track 12, all for you, uh, produced by ninth wonder as well. Um, with big poo, Fonte, Darian Brockington, and James Poyser on the keyboards and strings. Um, love this joint, man. I mean, they haven't missed in any of these songs. Uh, 
The next track is produced by uh, the homie Crisis. It's called Watch Me. Um, this features rapper Big Pooh, Fonte, Crisis, and Scratches by the world-famous DJ Jazzy Jeff. Um, and then track 14 only features the rapper Big Pooh. It's called Sincerely Yours. Uh, track 15 still lives through, which is a tip of the cap to uh, a tribe called Quest. Uh, that features the rapper Big Pooh and Fonte, produced by Ninth Wonder. Uh, then the album closes out with the Minstrel Show closing theme, uh, produced by Ninth Wonder. Um, and that's the album. It is, is uh, it's, man, listen, this album still bangs to this day. Uh, like I said, it's probably one of the dopest albums that sold the least amount of records that you would ever want to hear. And, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that it wasn't without controversy. An another controversy that happened with this album was um, when they shot the video for Loving It. Um, <laughs> the video was not played on BET. BET allegedly said that they weren't going to play the video because it was quote unquote too intelligent. Um, now the video mirrors the song and they are making fun of some of the subgenres of hip hop. Uh, they're making fun of gangster rap, backpack rap, earthy, icy, all of the stuff that was happening in hip hop. I would implore you all of you to watch the video. It's not a video that I think shouldn't have been not seen by, you know, BET. I mean, BET had BET uncut at the time. So how could you not put little brother video on? Um, so that was that was a controversy. And then another controversy happened with um, the uh, mic rating uh, in the source. Um, there was a uh, an editor in chief uh, at the source magazine by the name of Joshua Ratcliffe. Um, he actually retired. He retired because he disagreed with how or what the rating, the mic rating that this album got he reviewed the album he suggested that the album get four and a half mics uh, the owner of the source Ray Benzino uh, said that it should get four mics and overruled him and so and refused to change it to a four and a half mic album and so subsequently Joshua <clears throat> excuse me resigned um and that's saying a lot because, I mean, like jobs <laughs> weren't necessarily easy to come by back in 2005. But, I mean, he felt compassionate enough about that album to give it four and a half mics. Um, I will agree. Uh, you guys know every time I talk about hip hop on here, when we talk about albums, we do album reviews. Um, this is a four and a half mic album. I, I, I tried to take my biases aside and put them aside and look at it objectively. And I really do think that this is a four and a half mic album. Um, this album is cold. Again, I think when you look at the subject matter, when you look at what they're actually talking about, what they're rapping about, um, when you look at how the package is actually presented, um, Little Brother, they, they make no bones about it. Like they are lyrical guys. But they also want you to learn and take something from the music that they've created. And I think that's something that stuck, stuck with me because 
that's what the groups prior to 2005 did. And so that's where I really see where they were influenced by Tribe, influenced by Goody Mob, influenced by Outkast, influenced by Dayla, because those type of groups did those kind of things. P.E., um, just to name a few, and The Roots. So I think, you know, their music reflects, you know, what exactly what they were trying, what they were trying to get across. Um, and interestingly enough, the album is, is completed. They have the fallout with Atlantic Records, and I think they end up leaving Atlantic Records after that. But this is the second and final album that they would record as a trio. Uh, the next album would be Get Back, and I think that was 2007. Um, they did it as a duo because Ninth Wonder left the group. And Ninth Wonder, his, his production definitely fits little brother. I mean, like he had a signature sound and his sound was perfect for these two spitters that he had right beside him. Um, Ninth wonder left the group and it's, and I'm not going to get into all the details, but from what I've read and from what's been said, uh, ninth wonder left the group and they all parted on amicable ways. Um, and friendships remained the same and they moved on. Uh, now that would change over the over a period of time, um, but this is the last, the the second and the last album that they would perform as a trio. And you know, as a fan, I think we were a little disappointed um, because we wanted to hear more. Because I'll be honest, if they don't have this fiasco with this record label, there's no telling where this group could have gone. I really and truly believe like this group could have been and should have been you know one of the best groups ever again that's me being biased because again they're one of my favorite groups so i'm gonna let you in on my bias but i think you know everything happens for a reason uh ninth wonder went on and he did his thing and he's still doing his thing little brother went on and they did that thing they broke up got back together and um <clears throat> delivered an incredible album made the lord watch and um at the time of this recording they are supposed to drop a documentary uh, that kind of chronicles all of this and um we'll see what happens it's supposed to drop this calendar year so we'll see uh ninth wonder is not a part of the documentary and um from what they've said he was invited to participate and he declined well he has not reached back out to them i guess um <clears throat> nonetheless this album is dope uh it, again it's never fallen out of my rotation it's a 53 minute album that doesn't even play like that long the skits skits and everything are funny um the bars i mean i i, I literally could go bar for bar on a lot of the songs um you know like i think probably one of my most quotable um one of my most quotable uh, bars is Fonte's verse on Not Enough um, when he talks about when he wants a girl, when he doesn't want a girl. And I've I've quoted that in tweets. I've quoted that in blog posts in my, on my um, on my on my um, on my uh, my website, um, my blog, I, sh I should say. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's that's like one of my favorite verses on the album. Slow it. I mean, um 
say it again i mean like there's no to me there's no skips on this album it's not a perfect album but it's a four and a half mic album and it still resonates with me it still resonates with the fans um do yourself a favor <laughs> if you get a chance to see little brother perform live watching them perform some of these songs is funny i mean and really really dope um i'd love to see and i have of course we haven't seen it happen but i'd love to see fonte um bring out percy miracles um percy the character percy miracles is just hilarious in and of itself um and that song uh cheating is uh <laughs> it's kind of like an ode uh uh, uh homage if you will to um uh, Mr. Biggs, uh, uh, Ron Isley. Um, but yeah, this this album, again, from front to back, um, it, it still bangs to this day. Uh, 2005, again, like I said a little earlier, I at that time, I was on my way out of hip-hop. I was... Rap had changed for me. It had become too commercialized, over-sexualized. It was too... It was too much. It was just... It wasn't what I thought it was, what, what I loved it used to be and i really thought i was on my way out with hip-hop and then i heard this album and it, and it pulled me right back in and i'm thankful for that and i think um you know if you listen to this album and you visualize what they were trying to accomplish i think you'll feel the same way i think this album uh like i said it's criminal that this album didn't sell any records uh, it's not because it's not it's not because they weren't talented because they clearly are talented enough. Um, and I think if you listen to this album, I think you'll get a deeper appreciation for who Little Brother was back then and who they are today. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for me. Thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. The podcast drops every thursday at midnight from time to time we drop bonus episodes on sundays uh, if you feel so inclined hit us up on cash app dollar sign t-w-e-l-b-e-k-y-l-e uh, like i told you guys before i wanted to do something i want to do something special for hip-hop week hip-hop month uh, i've given you a few album reviews and albums that i hadn't reviewed and and like i said this is one of them i'm really surprised that it's taking me this long to review this album um but uh you'll see more of these album reviews and and they won't necessarily be anniversary albums, uh, but I wanted to kind of give my perspective of of where these albums stand with me and why I like them so much or love them for that matter. But um, yeah, again, thank you for checking out this episode of the 12 Kyle podcast. Uh, this has been an album review from the minstrel show from little brother. Again, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. 5,000 coming out to the Minstrel Show tonight, uh, especially our guest, uh, Elzai of Slum Village. Don't be afraid, you can clap. Uh, Mr. James Poiser is here as well. Uh, I'd like to thank DJ Jazzy Jeff for popping by. I'd like to thank you at home, of course. And I'd like to give a special shout-out to my baby mama, Tamika, and our twin daughters, Faith and Abstinence. Daddy's coming home, babies. Daddy's coming home. Man, <laughs> I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Good night, everybody. Good night.
Hey, y'all, y'all, y'all ready for the party to be over? Y'all ready to go home?